0: Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. All right, we're going to chat about Muhammad Ali, and uh, we thought we'd invite Barry Cohen because uh, he got to see him box. Barry, of course, is board member for the CHML Children's Fund and media relations consultant uh, working with City Kids
1: right now. Welcome, Barry. Thanks for coming in. Well, a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Scott. Beautiful day.
0: Yes, it is. Thanks for sending me the note in regard to uh, your uh, brush with greatness or the greatest. So, uh, tell us uh, how you ended up uh, going
1: to see Muhammad Ali box. Well, good story. My my dad. Was was always a boxing guy the uh the night or that i came into this world in 1951 august my my dad was at the canadian heavyweight boxing championship in montreal <laughs> and different era. you know what that's like so, you know dad sure. wasn't in the my room, dad you know. was working yeah no prenatal thing you know and they phoned no. him and said uh, earl good news you got a son great swell bye and, yeah and it exactly was a different world but Go uh, to the bar and have a beer. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I was always brought up in that uh, that culture of boxing. And uh, with Ollie, it was really funny. I remember listening to the radio. It was 1964, 65, uh, uh, when <clears> he fought Sonny Liston. <clears throat> it was broadcast by from, from Miami, and he won it. And that was a big upset. Yeah. And I knew Miss Cassius Clay because he, yeah. he won the um, the, Rome, the Rome Olympics, Olympics in boxing yep. for America. Yeah. And uh, it was intriguing. And in 64... Is when he changed his name, and I couldn't understand at the time. He joined the the uh, Nation of Islam, mm-hmm. and which is a very controversial group at the time. Yeah, and the especially the World, during the civil rights movement. Oh wow, yeah, and the um, uh, World Boxing Association then stripped him of his title. Yeah, because he, he he had joined the Nation of Islam, and then a few years later, of course, the the Vietnam conflict was going, and uh, because Ali was considered a bit bit of a you know big mouth. Yeah, they figured, well, let's. You know, the draft board, uh, which is predominantly, uh, as it was in America at that time, was all was all business people. They were all white. Yeah. And they would categorize people. And they said, well, we'll put this lad in Da yeah. Nang. That'll make a man of him. Yeah, exactly. And he said, no. He said he had nothing uh, to to fight, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with the Viet Cong. They had never done anything to him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that outraged everybody. Veterans Association, and they stripped him of his, you know, of, of his title that he had yeah. won over Sonny Liston the year before in Miami. And he couldn't get a fight. He was scheduled, actually, to fight in Chicago, if I remember right. And that fell apart. And then they wanted to get him to fight in Montreal. Uh, Mayor Jarrep was a real hustler, you know, because yeah. Expo 67 was coming. Mm-hmm. What a great thing, get all the world attention. Sure. Muhammad. And uh, he he was told that uh, America would boycott the uh, the uh, Expo 67. Really? If they allowed him to fight in Montreal. Wow. So he he turned. But then Harold, uh, Harold Ballard and Con Smythe, this is a great story. Uh, they had just turned around the Beatles and sold out two concerts. Mm. And they staged that tickety-boo, made all yeah. cash money. And, you know, one thing about Harold Ballard, what do we know? He loves the coin.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, Irv Ungerman was... And the spotlight. Uh, yeah, Irv Ungerman was uh, uh manager at the time. And uh, they pulled together a deal, apparently, in, you know, like three weeks, 17, Mm -hmm. 18 days. And then they started to put it in the paper. It was in the Telegram. You probably remember that as a kid. And my dad came to me, he was vice president of Steinberg's, which was a yeah. big food company, and said, hey, you want to go and see that Cassius Clay? He's coming to town. He's a great fighter. You know, yeah. and, you know I said, the fantastic. Yeah. How much is it? He said, well, you got, you're you going to have to buy your own tickets, 25 bucks. That was major coin because yeah. the Beatles were five bucks. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, really? So I saved up, and uh, it was a different era. I remember, this a true story, I remember getting a haircut and yeah. you wore a suit or you wore a jacket and a tie to the yeah. fight. So it was really quite something. Yeah. And the people who were at ringside, event, yeah. yeah, they used to actually wear uh, tuxedos. Yeah. So off we went and the uh, place was packed and there were some protesters outside, you know, that uh, you know, Muhammad Ali. And interestingly enough, they bought a banner, a blue banner, and it had on it Cassius Clay and they didn't want to put Muhammad Ali on the promotional material because just the little, the little bands right. they were selling. So you could buy on the Muhammad Ali one of the Cassius Clay. I bought a Cassius Clay one, and I learned just a few months ago, if I had kept that, it was worth it's worth making really? a coin now. Yeah, 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 wow. Make a long story short, went in, um, they announced him, he got up, and Shivala was there, you know, and uh, he was great. He was about 26, 25 at the time. Yeah. Clay was 28, if I remember right. And I'd never seen him live before. Mm-hmm. What a good looking, mm-hmm. tall, and the color got me too. I always remember it was like a coffee colored or a mocha. I remember when my dad saying to him, He mm-hmm. said, What a good looking guy. And he yeah. was in shape like you've never seen. Yeah. And he always danced. Yeah. Shavala was a little, what, phenomenal physique, a little shorter guy, wasn't very yeah. tall. But he worked in, you know, meat protesting, Alaraki. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was on the killing floor, if you can believe sure. that. And, uh, the fight started, and uh, Ali was highly favored to win. But it was great, and George. Cavall- so was
0: there much controversy about him being in Toronto and being? Yeah, at the there Gardens? was
1: uh, a lot of the vets, pro, you know, protested yeah. about it. Um, they thought it was bad because they couldn't imagine anybody would defer. You know, your country yeah. is called on you. Right. Most people, let's face it. You know, my dad was a vet in yeah. World War II. But it's funny, you know. Uh, it was odd. I remember my dad. That wasn't an issue. He
0: didn't it didn't matter to him.
1: No, no. He said no. He said he said I he's a good fighter, and uh, we went there and. Uh, like there was no one inside. And that when they announced him, everybody cheered. And everybody, everybody yeah. cheered like crazy for George Chevallo, local Croatian yeah. boy, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was magnificent. Uh, Ali uh, was on his toes. I'd never seen this in my life. And I'd seen lots of fights with my dad. He never sat between rounds. He actually danced. He was in that. Really? That good.
0: So he didn't sit down and rest in no. the corner.
1: And he was fantastic. And uh, I think he was underrated. A lot of people underrated him. He was very fast. Um, you know, float like a butterfly, stand yeah. like a bee. How old were you and
0: when this would have been?
1: I was in my teens. I would have been 14, 15. Right. So you remember it quite 15, vividly. Sing. Oh, vividly. God. And it was quite something because of the fact we were four rows from the front. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're all dressed up and, uh, you you, uh, you know, the punches and... Uh, What's
0: it like watching that from that close up? Well,
1: it's it's interesting, you know. Psychologically, people say, oh, you must have been a barbarian. It's like the Roman things. And, uh, and you know, the Roman Colosseum. Yeah, yeah. But I'd be a liar if I didn't say at that stage in my life. It really appealed to me because it's one-on-one. It's not a team sport. Yeah. It's all down to your yeah. your desire. And it was always used, uh, psychologists would say it, more better educated than me, Scott, that um, you know, you're know you a loner. Um, you're trying to get out of poverty, right, and make something of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. This is the Clay story and also, um, pardon me, Mohammed and uh, George chavallo Yeah. And uh, it was incredible, very, very fast. And to see somebody... Absorb that much punishment and never go down. Uh, it sounds crazy. I was uh, amazed, and when I had the privilege of meeting George Savallo, who who speaks at, mm-hmm. at uh, Human Service Groups now, I was very very impressed at his courage, mm-hmm. and uh, how it affected him. He felt he was a he felt he was a a loser, and that he had blown his big chance. Really, but I said, yeah. I said, gosh, you know, you 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 went. You know, 15 rounds with this man, March 29, 1966. The greatest fighter in the world, and Ali even said he was the toughest fight he ever had. Because I'll tell you, Shavala was funny. He in the 14th round near the end, he knew it was over. Yeah, I think he had lost all but two rounds, if I remember the scorecards. So this is your make or break it. Yeah. Time, and he came out in the 14th, and they're both exhausted by punched out. And he landed three or four left hooks, and he hit Holly with a couple of them, and you could see, you know, a bit of a surprise because you're that close. Yeah. But the beating that Dolly laid on George one time, 17, which is a record, 17 consecutive head shots, and both his eyes were closed. Yeah, talk about that. I'd never seen this before, too, is his eyes were closed from the swelling. Yeah. And in those days, they used to stop a fight only if you were cut above your eyes because yeah. you couldn't see. Yeah. But if they were, were below, they figured you could see through the slit. So yeah. they had called in the cut man, which is a trade man. of fights, And he comes in with a little black doctor's ba- bag. Oh, and he opens it up, and all that's in there is a jar of Vaseline and Gillette razor blades. Yeah. He takes out a razor blade and there's a certain angle and he slashes oh each my. of the swelling. Oh and my. so the blood squirts out, which brings the swelling down so yeah. that you can see. Yeah. And then they put Vaseline to stop the bleeding. Yeah. And they pat him and they send him back in. Oh, man. The blood was uh, oh man. was something, but uh, it was kind of an interesting thing to see, though. And it's funny one one of the one of the things I'm very lucky in my life when I saw the Beatles. I thought, you know, this is an historical thing. Yeah, I was when thinking I, that as you're telling this story, when saw, it's like you've when seen I, both. When I saw you know '66, <clears throat> and I saw Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, all the controversy, the Vietnam War, civil rights was going. Here's a hometown boy, you know, working. Yeah. You know, like a, at a meat packing place. Yeah. Here's a chance to get some recognition in his life. Yeah. And fighting, taking the beating of his life, and uh, it was quite something. And I remember wow. my dad going home too. I said, "What do you think, Dad?" Because Dad had seen Rocky Marciano, Archie Moore. Yeah. He'd seen all the greats, and he said to me, "You know," he said, uh, "the only one that was even comparable was uh, was Sugar Ray Robinson, apparently in the fifties, whom I never saw." Yeah. My dad said Sugar Ray Robinson was one of the best fighters he had ever seen. But he said Muhammad Ali was the fastest uh, he had ever seen. And uh, even my dad said, what a good-looking young yeah, uh, yeah. young man. And, uh, you know, no formal education when you think. I mean, they forced him through college. You yeah. know, he was illiterate just yeah. to get him on the... yeah. On the boxing team, and then he comes back to St. Louis. He's treated like garbage, and he throws the medal off the bridge.
0: <laughs> so, when do you think it's things started to turn from him, from the perspective of of, of, of Americans? When did they start to idolize him?
1: I, I would say in the seventies, after the thriller in Manila and and uh, the Rumble and the Jungle. Come you know, the media started to change in the seventies. Vietnam War uh, had concluded, yeah, and in the end, and and and, and people's
0: perspective of it, and had people changed.
1: started to think, and I know myself being in Washington on conferences, you know, and you go to the wall and you see those 58,000 names and yeah. you go to yourself and be a Canadian, like, for what?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, when they used to do the draft board selection, the the number one, I think it was 81% that went, were uh, blacks from urban American yeah. cities yeah. or southern white boys with grade 12. Mm-hmm. And off they went. You know, mm-hmm. brought up in a segregation uh, society. And then they learned they have to... Um, Rely on each other if they're going to survive that 13 month tour of duty in Vietnam.
0: Many said uh, his greatest battles were outside the ring as opposed to inside the ring with everything he did to fight for his principle and, and, and what Very he much wanted. So. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously walked away from boxing to, to stand by his conviction in mm. regard to the Vietnam War and such. Um, how do you think people will remember him? How do you think how do you think people because lots have said it's not so much the sporting figure the boxer it's 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 he's resonated with a lot of people for a lot of reasons
1: i think the the biggest thing that he'll represent to many people particularly young people who never had the privilege to see him fight and to see him stripped of his crown was this was a man whether you agreed to him or not he he believed in certain principles it took great courage to to leave christianity which was the predominant religion in America indeed today, to join the nation of Islam. That's what he believed, rightly or wrongly. And he uh, also refused to fight in a war in which he, again, did not believe in. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, to me, it was a shift. 60s was an interesting time, most historical decade from my perspective of social and, and economic change. And I think people will respect him for the fact of his uh, principle that... Uh, this is what I believe. I don't believe in uh, this war. It's unjust. And uh, I believe that uh, the faith I've chosen is a faith of of peace. And it's quite interesting, as, as you correctly have mentioned, too, with the controversy in the upcoming uh, elections in America. With, don't you uh, find this ironic? Like, but, here we but, are. Here, here,
0: I shouldn't say here. Uh, you know, Americans are praising Muhammad Ali. Very much so. Uh, for wh- everything that you've just mentioned. And yet, on the other hand... Some will stand behind Donald Trump and say, ban Muslims. When we look at Muhammad Ali and his view on the Vietnam War, and we can easily sit back now and say, although hindsight's twenty twenty, he was right. He was. He, he was it, right. And he was
1: a young man. He wasn't an academic scholar. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. a pseudo-intellectual. But he knew right from wrong. He was a chap who probably, Scott, would have driven a truck, maybe, or, or worked in a warehouse yep. if he didn't have the athletic athletic abilities to be a champion fighter. But he still had some principles and values, and he was a, a people person. Uh, he, he actually came to Hamilton in 1975. I don't mm. know if you knew that or mm-hmm. not. He did. I didn't have the chance of meeting him. But as a sidebar, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, George Cervallo, and I thought he was an underrated fighter, very decent man, Yeah. and wanted to mention that George— And a tough life, too. Yeah, his his wife and uh, four boys committed suicide, alcohol addiction, his wife, and uh, he goes around and speaks uh, with the separate school board, and uh, that's one of the the interesting things in meeting him. Great, great respect, and and I had the privilege of chatting with him, Mm -hmm. and he actually was here at the CHML Studios, produced a show with a colleague of his, I think his name was Spider-Jones for Mm -hmm. a little while, a radio and TV thing. Mm -hmm. And a decent, decent man. Represented a different agency, though. Uh, Frank writes,
0: uh, Hi, Scott. The only instance uh, that kind of left me cold about Ali was when he refused to be drafted into the military and then was chosen to carry the Olympic torch. Not too many Americans who lost their sons then fighting for America were proud as they would like to have been. How do you answer that?
1: Well, good question. All, all I can know from my experience, um, I was not a, a, a veteran, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the Vietnam War. Uh, my dad was a veteran, and um, God bless him. I can remember him saying that you know it's uh, it's a thing of conscience. Yeah, my dad chose to fight, but he never looked down on people that didn't. And during isn't that, that interesting? S- it is, and one of the the, the interesting things too uh, that blew me away. Um, I was part of a student exchange in my last year of high school, 69, with Toledo, it was start high school. We went two weeks to the state, Scotty, uh, stayed there, and two weeks they stayed with me at my house. Mm-hmm. And I was told, when you go down there, Barry, keep your mouth shut, no comments about the Vietnam War. <laughs> and sure enough, as soon as I got off the bus, that's the first thing they asked, no comment. Yeah. This young boy, his name was Dennis Jabowski, I'll always remember. And my mother, God bless her, and my dad were talking in the kitchen and my dad said yes it's okay marge and she went out to dennis and said you know son um you know if you decide that you don't want to go and fight in this war you're more than welcome mm. to to stay with us until this is resolved and wow. uh and mm. earl will will we'll try and get you a job mm-hmm. you know at the warehouse or something blew me away because my dad was you know your yeah. archie bunker uh, yeah. five yeah. years canadian navy yeah. naval cross But as he got older, he realized, uh, and he shared with me, too, that, uh, you know, it's a personal decision to fight. But you don't know what's in someone's heart or circumstances or mind when you make that decision. So don't criticize. You know, don't don't be judgmental. Don't walk in shoes. And... uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, and I remember seeing Ali uh, carry the torch, and the the results of Parkinson's, which made him shake, and that I felt great empathy, but great pride for the man. He'd gone full circle, right? Remember, he's yeah. title is stripped; mm-hmm. you can't fight here. Yeah, you know, and and look what happens. Do you think Americans are seeing the irony here? I I believe they are. Uh, they 're distinct from us they really are. we we think I think Because the heart, headline you can see the yeah, headline absolutely. on one side absolutely. is Ali's
0: dad absolutely. and then on the other one Trump and Muslims
1: that's right you know you I know. it's I know and uh it's amazing but you know we Canadians we're we're more much, much more of a, a collective a collective people I mean yeah. like socialized medicine um we we um are not as polarized politically. I think. I also think that we have uh, we're much more multicultural. America is the melting pot, right? You're, you yeah. know, it's American Indians, it's American, this and that. Whereas, you know, we have we, we we have our disagreements, and I have my own my own thoughts sometimes. But in the end, you know, you can have a diverse perspective and diverse views, and you don't ostracize someone or hate them. And uh you have to accept people, and and I think that you'll see him, he'll be made an even bigger idol in the years to come.
0: Frank replies, millions of other Americans who were subject to conscription could have equally relied on religious conviction as a as an out, don't you think? Which I guess, of course, they could. Many did. Many came here.
1: <laughs> very, very much so. Many of them yeah. did very, very well. But it's a personal conviction that he made, and uh, that's specifically up to him. Yeah. And even had he not converted to Islam in 64, I doubt very much if he had even gone with his statements uh, at that time, was, you know, the Viet Cong didn't do nothing to me, which yeah. is very true. Mm-hmm. Whereas he comes back from the Olympics and he's hassled, right, in Kentucky yeah. in 1960. You can imagine what that was like. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, do you think that uh, when people uh, look back and remember him, they will remember him as a
1: peace activist? Good good question. I, the the only thing that I think is... is um, because I, really he, I, I would he, query. he he
0: he certainly did when he had the ch- chance and opportunity and when people asked him about not wanting to go to Vietnam he 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 said very prominent things that would have resonated through very the news media so. and that obviously would have many Americans upset and certainly the leaders not wanting, you know, to him say, to, to say those sorts of things. But I, you know, I, I think many would position it as he did it because it was good for him. He, I don't know if he necessarily did anything for anybody else.
1: I would think did that he, it, I think that initially, um, like most of us, whether we admit it or not, we'll make a decision That's going to help us in our Mm hearts. But he was very much involved with the nation of uh, with Elijah Muhammad in the nation of Islam. So I think his uh, his concerns were were definitely genuine. The only concern that I have rationalizing it is when people have been comparing them. And this is typical, though, with the media is uh, they're. Putting him, you know, he's like Nelson Mandela. Yeah. We always have to categorize people, yeah, yeah. and, and I, I don't think that that's fair. He, he's unique. He's in his spot. He was a sp- sports personality, yeah, great yeah. athlete, yeah. and uh, he had an influence in the in the community with what he what he believed. And give him his due justice that he uh, he, he was, was a celebrity. I he, mean, was. he would be on. He, yep, he would just, wasn't a, he yeah. just yeah. wasn't a sports yeah. figure. No, he would be no, on. No. He
0: would be. He'd do small acting things. He'd do yeah, very much so uh, TV appearances. Yep, yeah. yeah,
1: and uh, he did the best with the gifts that he was given, and um, he brought a perspective that at the time was controversial, but time as it goes you know uh, who's the terrorist or the outcast 20 years ago you put him back and say geez you know maybe maybe there was some rationale in what he said
0: Yeah. Barry Coe has been with us uh, Barry of course with the CHML Children's Fund and media relations consultant with City Kids and was lucky enough to see uh, the great Muhammad Ali back in 1966 uh, box at Maple Leaf Gardens Barry thanks very much for sharing the stories much appreciated pleasure thank you Scotty